The Bible Study Podcast, episode 467. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Proverbs with chapter 6. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We continue Proverbs with warnings about folly. My son, if you have put up security for your neighbor, if you have shaken hands in pledge for a stranger, you have been trapped by what you said, ensnared by the words of your mouth. So do this, my son, to free yourself. Since you have fallen into your neighbor's hands, go to the point of exhaustion and give your neighbor no rest. Allow no sleep to your eyes, no slumber to your eyelids. Free yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the snare of the fowler. It's an odd verse or odd series of verses here. We've gotten ourselves in trouble here, and it looks like we've gotten ourselves in trouble in terms of a promise that we've made. We put up security. We've shaken hands and pledged. We've made a bad deal. We basically put up our guarantee, and it was for a stranger. It was somebody we can't trust, and it was for something that we really shouldn't have done. And he's basically saying, get out of it as soon as you can. And I think of this right now as one of the things that people are dealing with is they're dealing with credit problems. And I think that's the same sort of thing where you've made a bad deal. You've made some bad decisions. And it's basically saying don't rest until you get out of this situation. You put yourself in a tough situation. Don't rest until you get out of it, until you have rectified this particular issue. And a lot of this particular set of verses we're going to see have to do with that don't rest thing. And it's interesting because this is titled, not by the original author, but by people who've come through later as in warnings against folly. But it goes on, for instance, to say, go to the ant, you sluggard, consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. You've heard the old parables of the ant and the grasshopper, and this is one of those things along the same fashion that's talking about, look at the industrious ant, who, even though it doesn't have a ruler or an overseer, stores its provisions. And so we're encouraged also to not be sluggards. We're encouraged not to be lazy. Again, like that first one, don't rest until you get yourself out of that situation. And again, the same thought, how long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief, and scarcity like an armed man. And so Solomon is definitely tying our laziness here to our financial situation. I mean, a lot of Proverbs we're going to see is very practical advice like this. This is advice you would give your child. I think of my son when he graduated college and wasn't necessarily looking for a regular full-time job and was talking to a friend of ours who said, you know, what are you looking for? What would be interesting? And helped him find a couple things at companies. And he said, well, that kind of sounds like a job job. And, you know, our friend said, well, yes, that's what we do (laughs) when we get out of college, when we get our degree. It is that kind of practical advice of how do you think you'll get along in life if you're going to be lazy? You're not going to get along well. Poverty will come on you like a thief. You'll be surprised, it's saying, if you don't put some effort into it. 
a troublemaker and a villain who goes about with a corrupt mouth, who winks maliciously with his eye, signals with his feet, and motions with his fingers, who plots evil with deceit in his heart, he always stirs up conflict. Therefore, disaster will overtake him in an instant. He will be suddenly destroyed without remedy. We are not called to be troublemakers. We are not called to be malicious people who plot evil and deceit, who stir up conflict. Now, why is that? If you think about it, think about how many times we have talked in this Bible study podcast as we're going through verses of the Bible about God's highest priority is people. And God's highest priority is relationship, building relationships between us and him and building relationships between one another. All of the Ten Commandments are dealing with different ways of breaking that relationship and why we shouldn't do them. When Jesus is discussing the greatest commandments, we talk about love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Those relationships are important. They are the number one thing in God's eyes. And so all of those sort of things that have to do with talking with a corrupt mouth, winking with a malicious eye, being a troublemaker, stirring up conflict, all of those things are working cross purposes with God. We are not called to be those people. We are not called to encourage that behavior, whether it be in our friends and our family and our politicians or whatever. We are called to be people who are peacemakers. We are called to be people who bring people together and towards God. There are six things the Lord hates, seven things that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. I love this form here. We're going to see it again. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. It goes to show that even those listicle posts of seven things that the Lord hates, which would work very well on Twitter, worked very well at the time. And this list of things are things that are consistent with other places in the Bible. So haughty eyes. So we're talking about pride. We're talking about people who think themselves more important than other people. We are not called to be those people. We are not called to encourage that behavior. A lying tongue. Remember that in the Ten Commandments is giving false witness. We are called to be people who can stand by what we say, who say the truth, who encourage the truth. Hands that shed innocent blood. That one's probably the least surprising of all these. A heart that devises wicked schemes. It's interesting. This doesn't even say someone who carries them out. But again, someone whose heart is pushing away from God. Someone whose heart is trying to move things away from God's way. Feet that are quick to rush into evil. Where do we run? Are we quick to do good? Are we quick to do evil? Are we quick to think well of people? Are we quick to think poorly of them? Are we quick to come to someone's aid or to rush into evil? A false witness who pours out lies. It's interesting. We have twice within these seven things that are detestable lying. We are called to be truthful people. We are called to encourage that behavior in others as well. And that goes for 
what we say behind people's back, especially that goes for what emails we send, that goes for our business practices, that goes for our taxes, all of those sorts of things. We're called to be honest and truthful people. And a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Again, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. This is a consistent message. These are the things that God does not want. And then, interestingly enough, even after we did a whole chapter last time about warning against adultery, we've got another section here doing that again. My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them always in your heart. Fasten them around your neck. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will keep watch over you. When you awake, they will speak to you. For this command is a lamp. This teaching is a light. And correction and instruction are the way to life. Keeping you from your neighbor's wife from the smooth talk of a wayward woman. Again, we're being drawn off by wayward women. I don't know where Solomon lives that he has so much problem with wayward women, but of course he does end up with quite a lot of wives, so maybe he really did. But we have this issue here of keeping, remembering the commands and the teachings and the corrections and the instruction that we were given from our parents. And of course, that's also how we are called to raise our kids with teaching and correction and instruction and discipline and raising them up also to follow ways that are true and right. Do not lust in your heart after her beauty or let her captivate you with her eyes. For a prostitute can be had for a loaf of bread, but another man's wife preys on your very life. Can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? Can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched? So is he who sleeps with another man's wife. No one who touches her will go unpunished. I like that analogy here of you're playing with fire. In the same way you draw back from a hot stove, so should we treat adultery. That same sort of don't touch this, it will burn you. Don't touch this, it will do harm to you and to your family. People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy his hunger when he is starving. Yet if he is caught, he must pay sevenfold, though it costs him all the wealth of his house. But a man who commits adultery has no sense. Whoever does so destroys himself. Blows and disgrace are his lot, and his shame will never be wiped away. For jealousy arouses a husband's fury, and he will show no mercy when he takes revenge. He will not accept any compensation. He will refuse a bribe, however great it is. So this section here isn't really talking about don't do adultery because it's wrong. It's saying don't do adultery because it's dangerous, because jealousy arouses a husband's fury. So a prostitute can be had for a loaf of bread, but another man's wife preys on your very life. Now, I'm not saying that it's not wrong, but Solomon is also saying sometimes we don't do things because they're ill-advised. And this is one of those things. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, or Instagram as Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Our world can feel chaotic and uncertain. 
but we don't have to live enslaved to fear. Christ has promised me and you his peace, and throughout scripture has provided powerful tools and practical steps to help us experience greater freedom. I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, inviting you to join me and my team as together we learn how to starve our fears and feed our faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com or wherever you access podcast content.